Amen. Well, I'm glad you're able to jump in with us this morning. Um, the, the title of the message, uh, funny enough, is a little bit of encouragement. So Paul, thanks uh, for giving us a, a little bit of a fireside encouragement uh, this morning, a little bit of levity. Sometimes it's just good to laugh, isn't it? Uh, as we, we go through weird circumstances and situations, some of us, I haven't seen some of you in a while, so send in your quarantine pics. I, I don't care if it's just you sitting out at the grill. Uh, send in your pics for us, and, and we want to be able to see you. Hopefully soon uh, we'll be able to be back together. I'll share a little bit uh, more about that with you uh, at the end of the message, the service today. We're in Luke chapter 1, and, and if you'll remember, we, we began with, it opens up with Luke telling us how he came about writing uh, this letter, this gospel of Jesus Christ. According to Luke, he's writing to a man named Theophilus, uh, whose name means uh, lover of God, uh, which is, uh, could apply to all believers, um, uh, but he's writing to a specific guy, and he says he he set out to to write an orderly account of the things that have taken place. And so Luke's gospel is pretty detailed. We see that in here. We're going to see that a, a bit more uh, in just a couple of weeks. But Luke's gospel is really detailed. He gives plenty of places, uh, plenty of people, and, and times even that you can go back and check it out. I like that. It uh, helps us to, uh, to realize uh, this is not a story. This is an account of the things that took place. And so we began talking with, about Zechariah and about Elizabeth, uh, how God came and visited Zechariah. I'm a little bit uh, ashamed to say this. Uh, as a priest or a pastor, his response was a little bit less uh, than desirable. Um, he doubted a bit. He asked the angel Gabriel, how do I know that these things will take place? And Gabriel gave him a sign. Um, his sign was that he wasn't going to be able to speak until all the things that he talked about had taken place. And if you know a little bit about biology, um, that was about nine months. Um, so so Zechariah, my daughter asked me, Dad, what would you do if you couldn't speak for nine months? I think the world would stop spinning, actually. Um, I, I don't know how I would manage that. But, but Zechariah couldn't speak for nine months. Um, we'll see that, that uh, actually, I think we already did, that, that his, his really first, uh, he, he wrote down his name will be John. Uh, actually, we might see that next week. Sorry, didn't want to jump ahead a couple of weeks. And then last week we talked about, so that was Zechariah's response, less than desirable, really. Although the cool thing is God loves us. He's gracious. He's merciful to us. And, and God worked in his life to meet him where he was and, and brought him along. I can guarantee you Zechariah's faith grew um, in in throughout that whole process but then we get to mary and mary was young mary was probably uh around 15 ish i had to tell the students um that was a different culture then uh, we, we we tend not to get married around 15 these days advise against that uh so zechariah i'm sorry mary was about 15 she was young and yet her response was so mature it was amazing Whenever the angel Gabriel told her that she would bear the Son of God, her response was, how will this happen? Not, how do I know that this will happen? It's, how will this happen? And, and he gave her just enough explanation for her. And then Mary's response was, I am a servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Amazing. I, I wish that was always my response. So, so now... 
we're, we're going to turn the, the page, and, and we're in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 39 through 45. Not too many verses in here, but very significant as we see what Mary's next response is. Uh, let me read this together. You read along uh, where you are. Verse 39 begins, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. I, I love that. Have you ever been in a place where you just need a little bit of encouragement? Has that ever happened to you? Um, you know, like eight, 10, 20 times a day, maybe. Mary, it's amazing, the angel Gabriel has come and proclaimed to her this amazing thing that would happen, and she believed, she trusted, and it came about, it was in the process of coming about. Sometimes we think that, that we need a little bit of encouragement only when things are hard for us, and that certainly is true when things are hard for us, but sometimes we need encouragement even in the midst of really good things that are happening. That's just part of the way God created us. I, I, I think back to Genesis uh, after God had created Adam, all, all, the, all of creation except woman, uh, God had finished. And, and, and one of my favorite verses in Scripture, I have a lot, uh, one of my favorite verses because I'm a guy is God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. My wife tells me that's because we would starve. I can stand in front of the pantry um, and not find something that's right in front of me. Uh, Whatever the case is, God created us for a community together. He created us for fellowship together. And, and so when we get to this place here in, in, in this story, this account uh, of Mary, I, I can't help but think Mary wanted some fellowship. Mary wanted some encouragement. And, and so your notes, I forget to tell you this every week, uh, if you have the version app, you can go in there and you can find the notes uh, on that. Also, uh, I have included on the YouTube um, page, I believe somewhere, uh, a link that you can get some downloadable notes. They don't have these specific ones. But if you have your notes, look in here. Uh, I, I want to mention three things kind of as we walk through this story, this account of, of what Mary's next response was. First of all, Mary had had a strange experience. I, I, I can't even, I, I try to imagine myself and put myself in, in the shoes of those who are in Scripture. I, I can't even do that. I, I don't have any basis at all to try to relate with Mary in, in this instance. That she, would, she was visited by the angel Gabriel, one of the archangels who stands in the presence of God and brings the message to her of what God was going to do. And then the message itself was so far beyond anything that, that I think any of us could even fathom that somehow 
God the Son, who has existed from eternity past, would become flesh. And God was going to use Mary to bring that about. It, it just blows the mind. In, in any case, Mary wanted to share this with someone. Mary wanted to get together with someone. And, and so Mary went to a trusted friend. And, and I've told my kids this uh, since they were little. They, they've heard so many things from me. Oh, my goodness. Um, that, that really, really close friends, you are greatly blessed. If you can count in a lifetime five of those close friends that, man, your hearts are just knit together, five of those really trusted friends. Now, hopefully, uh, at each phase in your life, as, as you go through life, you will have a trusted friend in each one of those. But, but of those that, that I think of a friend of mine, James, just kind of soul brothers, we agonized and stuff together uh, in, in high school. And, and the, the number of those, if you get five of those in a lifetime, that's amazing. And, and yet what I found in, in my own life is I need a trusted friend at every phase in life. It's amazing to me, and sometimes this happens, maybe more in, in this day and age uh, in the, the biblical account. Maybe, maybe more then than now, but, but it's really neat for me that Mary's trusted friend was her sister, Elizabeth. And, and Mary went to Elizabeth. Mary, all of these amazing things, this strange experience, this cool thing that God was doing in and through her, and Mary went to her trusted friend, her sister, Elizabeth, and Mary shared with Elizabeth. And, and, and I love the, the whole exchange here. Um, uh, I, I found in, in my daughter's lives that once they didn't live in the same house, they magically just got along a lot better. <laughs> and, and maybe that's the case with siblings in general. And sometimes this happens when your brother or your sister or a family member, maybe even a cousin, becomes your, your close, trusted friend. But, but I love the exchange that we see here with Mary and Elizabeth. Mary came in and greeted Elizabeth. And, and at that greeting, uh, Elizabeth it, it said that the baby, that is John, leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. This amazing thing happened here. And she exclaimed with a loud cry. I, um, I'm going to get in trouble for this, I'm sure. You ever seen two ladies who really love each other and they hadn't seen each other in a long time? Wah! And they go running, screaming, you know, running across and, and hug. That was in the, the, the pre-social distance world, maybe. Um, hopefully that still happens. I can imagine that kind of scene here. They were so happy to see one another. What a greeting that would be. If Mary was looking for a little bit of encouragement, that, that would have been enough. That, that just that, that loud cry as they came together, as they were reunited as close friends, trusted friends as sisters. And then, and then Mary receives this, what I believe was a very welcomed confirmation. Elizabeth, with a loud cry, here's what she says. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit 
of your womb. Now, we know that not every detail is included for us in Scripture, but as near as I can tell, and, and I love reading the commentaries that sometimes don't know any more than I do, so that makes me feel better. Elizabeth was not told that Mary had conceived. Elizabeth knows none of that part of the story. So my assumption here is that the Lord just revealed this to her. Remember, just previously it says she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I, can, I can imagine this is similar to Peter's exclamation you know, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus' response was very kind and gracious. Uh, my response would have been, well, Peter, the father had to reveal that to you because there's no way you would have known that on your own. I see that here, that the Holy Spirit has revealed this to her, but she says to Mary, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then something that is so profound. Elizabeth says to Mary, and why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. What what a welcome confirmation that would have been for Mary. I I, I know that that surely the the Holy Spirit was working in, in Mary's heart through all this, and, and had she had received confirmation that way. But sometimes it just helps to hear a brother or a sister in Christ confirm something that God is doing in your life. And, and this is in, I, I believe, a miraculous way because Elizabeth didn't know that Mary was pregnant. She didn't know of, of Mary's strange experience. Zechariah and Elizabeth had one of their own. And, and yet for Mary to come and for Elizabeth through the Holy Spirit, to make this proclamation to, to Mary, what a welcome com- confirmation that would be. I can imagine that Mary's heart was full at this point. I, I, I love it. I've been, been working with Angelo. Thanks for jumping in and, and leading in, in Kurt's absence. One day he'll be able to come back with us. Uh, hello, Kurt. <laughs> um, by the way, Kurt's our... I would say he's our normal worship leader, but nothing around here is normal. Kurt is our usual, our regular worship leader. But but Angelo's been been asking me from week to week, so kind of what what's the sermon in a sentence? Where are you going with this? And and so let me give you the the really the sermon in a sentence. Here's the point, here's the big idea in all this. We need to have brothers and sisters in Christ that we can turn to for encouragement. Now, in the previous world that we used to live in, we would probably have to say that a whole lot more. I would bet that we've been feeling this a lot more in these last days. This need for encouragement. If you've been, if you've been self-isolating, particularly if you fall into the, the vulnerable group and, and you've really been trying hard to, to, to distance yourself, you, you have probably felt that God-given need and desire for fellowship, for encouragement, for, for this human connection that God has created us for. And, and so let me just remind you, that is part of the way that God has created us, that we need human interaction. I, I know you've probably seen the Facebook memes that I have, and, and some people are like this. If, if, you are, if you're an extreme introvert, when all this came about, you're like, well, what changed? <laughs> 
I don't go anywhere anyways. I've talked to a few people. Nothing's changed for us. But God has created us for this need for fellowship, this need for community. And, and I just want to remind you that we as believers need brothers and sisters in Christ that we can turn to for encouragement, not only in difficult times, but just in life. That, that we need one another. And, and let me just, just throw in, this is just side note. Here's your toy that comes with the Happy Meal. If you read it the same way that I read it here, Elizabeth was just as encouraged as Mary was. Encouragement goes both ways in this relationship in the body of Christ. Mary went there maybe seeking a little bit of encouragement, but Elizabeth was encouraged as well. It sounds like this ought to be in the Bible. It's not. Um, It could be. The biblical principles are there. But this is actually a Swedish proverb. And it says, a burden shared is halved. A joy shared is doubled. Or at least that's my paraphrase of this Swedish proverb. I doubt any of you speak Swedish either. So there, we're all in the same boat. A burden shared is halved, but a joy shared is doubled. Can't you see that in this interaction with Elizabeth and with Mary? Biblically speaking, the biblical principles that, that we get to uh, really, uh, I, 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 I've kind of put in here in, in three groups. These are three vital groups for the believer. And, and with this, I, I close. I know a pastor says that, and you've got 30 more minutes, but hey, it's a short trip home after this for you. So there. Three vital groups for the believer. First is a trusted friend. We all need a trusted friend to be able to go to. God has blessed me so richly in this area, and this is no exaggeration. The day I came to faith in Christ, God placed this mentor into my life. The the day of. I wasn't smart enough to seek this out. I'm still not. God continues to do that. But we all need a trusted friend. Here's what Proverbs 27, 17 says. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Here's the idea and, and I know the ladies are going, that, that left us out. No, it didn't. This works with believers. That, that when, when we have a trusted friend, it's someone that, that can kind of rein us back in. Has that ever happened to you? You, you kind of start flipping out a, a little bit. Maybe you've been doing that and all this stuff. And, and somebody to kind of rein you back in, to kind of help get your feet back on the ground. But it also works, I, I, I love... I just love talking Bible with people. And, and, and we get this, and, and, and sometimes it looks like we're in an argument. We're not. Uh, but, but this sharpening together, this, this clashing together, and, and God uses us to, to help grow one another in Christ. Sometimes it is a little bit of a clash. I, I think that's okay. There's good, healthy conflict with, with a trusted friend. That's, that's why they have to be trusted. And, and listen, this really needs to be a believer. If you are a Christian, then, then your trusted friend needs to be a Christian. It needs to be a believer so that you can tie one another back down in, into the word, that you can strengthen one another in, in your faith in God, that, that you can help one another in your walk with Christ. So the, the first group that, that we all need is a trusted 
friend, a trusted believer as a friend. The second one is this, is we need a small group. This sounds like an advertisement. It will be at the end. But, but we need a small group to be together with. Ecclesiastes, you probably heard this. You might not have known where it was. But Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. If they fall, one will lift up the other fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can they keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. I finally got around to, I've heard this from so many people, it's such a good series, but I'm a little slow in some things. I finally got around to watching the series Band of Brothers. And, and man, I've thought about this verse a lot. As you see those guys uh, in, in the foxholes in the middle of the winter and they're freezing, that, that you watch two or three of those guys huddle together and, and they can help keep one another warm. As, as, as they fall in combat, if that man was alone, he would be doomed, but, but his brother comes and, and gets him and, and brings him to safety. He drags him to safety. We need that in a small group. We need to have some, some others around us that we know we can count on. Listen, the, the, the best example I can, I can think of of this is if I have someone on this side of me and someone on this side of me, even if I can't walk, they can carry me to where I need to go. That's what I think of when I think of this. And, and we need a small group to, to, to gather around us to help us to do that. Jesus said in Matthew eighteen twenty, this is really talking about the authority of the church, but the principle is still the same. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. We need a small group. We're going to give you some opportunities to do that. And we might have to be a little creative in how we do our small groups now. But we need a small group. We need a, a band of brothers. Our, our, our senior group, uh, they call their, their small group their tribe. We, we need that around us. People that we know we can count on who can carry us when we can't even make it ourselves. And then finally, we need the church. Uh, and that's where this has been the most difficult, I think, for many of us during this time. Um, I, I've had several people ask me, when are we going to be able to, to gather together? Uh, the governor says 25% capacity, and, and my initial response always is, how are we supposed to divide, decide which 25% get to come? <laughs> we're we're going to work on that today, by the way. The church council will be meeting this afternoon, and, and the two big, big questions that we're going to, to try to tackle is when we can begin to meet together and how we can do that uh, with our, our current constraints today. But we need the church. I've said many times, um, we need to remember that we are called members of the body of Christ. And, and if you're a member of the body of Christ, you cannot make it on your own. Try. Some of you have done this already. Um, little Jimmy nine and three quarters. When you, when you cut off a piece of, of your finger, it doesn't survive on its own, does it? A hand can't survive on its own. A foot can't survive on its own. We need the body of Christ. That's why in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25, the writer says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, 
not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The idea is this, is that we need to be able to gather together in the body of Christ, the church, to encourage one another, to be with one another. It's just part of the way God has created us in the body of Christ. We need that group that we call the church. Now, we know it's not the building. We confuse that a whole lot, don't we? The other thing we confuse when we say church is this meeting that we have together. Really, the church is the people, and the church needs to gather together. So, so we, you can pray for us as we meet this afternoon and, and over the days ahead uh, to try to find out when we can begin to do that again as a church. Uh, and, and I'll say right now, um, uh, as we begin to do that, if, if you feel like that you, if you're in one of those vulnerable groups and, and you need to be able to, to, to stay away for a little bit longer, please do that. Don't feel any guilt at all in, in doing that. We'll continue the live stream. This is something that we'll just do till Jesus comes back, as far as I know, unless some new technology comes along, even when we're back together in our in-person meetings but pray for us as, as we, we seek to find a way to do this. This is, this is not optional in our life with Christ. Meeting back together in person as a church is essential. And so we're going to try to find ways for us to do that. We might have to be creative. It might not be perfect. Uh, but we will find ways to do that. Pray for uh, the government, uh, not only our our state government but our national government as they uh, navigate through this time that god would give favor that that we would find ways to be able to do what we know we need to do uh, as a church but let me encourage you this morning Um, that third one we'll we'll figure out that component that group uh, that we gather together with as the church but if, if you don't already have a trusted friend, a believer that, that you, can, you can go to for encouragement, I would encourage you to pray, God, would you just show me someone? God, would you bring me someone that, that we can just, I, I can have that? And, and, and honestly, I'll tell you from personal experience that there may be times in life where you don't have that super close friend, but maybe at least a trusted friend that you can go to. And the other is this, we are going to try, we're going to find a way, not just try. Um, there is no try, there's only do and not do. I think that was one of the Disney movies, I'm sure, you know, deep theological stuff. We will find a way to be able to do small groups soon, very soon. So if you are interested, uh, let me encourage you, not only praying for that trusted friend, but if you are interested in being in a small group, would you email First Baptist? at tularosa.net that's our church email and and we will begin to form small groups if you're interested in leading one of those now we might have to be a little tech savvy uh you you might have to uh learn what zoom is uh but but we will find ways to be able to meet together as a small group but i would encourage you uh, to to do that um one of the one of the great blessings I think of this difficult and, and trying time is that God has put a lot more tools in our tool belt now. We we've talked about this with our men's Bible study. Um that, that we have eleven people in our men's Bible study 
And and we now have, uh, I, I've told I told a couple of people, we have no excuse. We, we don't ever have any reason to cancel a meeting, and we don't have a reason to cancel a Bible study. I can, I can zoom in on a Bible study on my phone. Isn't that cool? Um, I, I, I love that option, and so we're going to do that. And, and that's something that this digital portion that we've added during this time, we're not going to lose. We'll keep doing that for the foreseeable future so that if you want to be part of a small group, if you want to be a part of it, we're called our small groups, community groups, or a Bible study, we'll find a way to Zoom you in. We had, in our youth group, our youth group hasn't quit meeting. We've been meeting virtually online, and, and one of them, uh, their family moved to Colorado, and, and they said, so whenever you guys are able to get back together, can I still Zoom in? And, and I'm like, Man, I'll, I'll put you on an iPad and I'll let somebody carry you around. We'll, we'll make that happen. So, so I want you to be encouraged, but listen, don't ever, I, I know it's easy. The, the writer of Hebrews says, not neglecting to gather together as is the habit of some. Um, it, it would be easy to do that. Um, it, it would be easy to, to say, hey, <laughs> I, I don't really need to gather together. That's talking about the church that, the, the big group gathering that we have. But let me encourage you to, to meet with somebody, have, have a trusted friend, be involved in a small group, our community groups, and then be ready uh, for the time when we're able to come back together uh, in, as a church as we celebrate together. And, and uh, you can bet uh, that as, as, as we're able to, uh, we're going to have a lot more church fellowships probably uh, than we used to because I miss seeing you guys, and, and I know that you guys need to be connected together. But let me encourage you to do those things. Let me pray for you today, and, and let, let your prayer be this. God, knit me together with those in the body of Christ. God, bring to me, if you don't already have one, a trusted friend. And God, help me get involved in a small group. Lord, thank you for the way that you move and work in our midst. God, thank you for the way that you knit our hearts together. And, and so t- today, would you just give us a little encouragement? God, I thank you for those that you've given the gift of encouragement that, Lord, that's just what they do, cards, letters, emails, um, texts, uh, other messages, just ways that, that they encourage. And, Lord, I thank you for those people. But, God, they have the gift. They just do that naturally. Would you just help us to be an encouragement to someone? Would you bring people into our lives, believers, that we can encourage one another, help us to get plugged into a small group, and and God, we eagerly await the time that we can gather together as a church in person. Father, we we pray that you would move and work in us and through us in ways that will bring you honor and glory, and God, would you you allow us to be part uh, of what you're doing in people's hearts so that we can see them come to faith in Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.